Ember Moon returns, Ridge Holland gets injured, and the Garganos get a new TV in this week's review of NXT. Well, after the genuine classic that was NXT TakeOver 31, I gotta say, I came into this one with some pretty high hopes. And they didn't disappoint, but they also did not match TakeOver. Now, I will say, if we're just gonna jump right into it, it did match TakeOver in one match. And it was our opening match, Ciampa versus Kushida. After a uh, little quick recap of TakeOver, this match began, and holy shit, I didn't realize how great Ciampa's entrance would look in the CWC, but it really, really does. I fucking love his music. The entrance is great. Kushida's entrance was great. And apparently the show was supposed to start off with Ember, but they were fighting backstage, quote unquote. And so that is why Regal said, open the show with that. Uh, I loved it. There was a lot of fire from both men even before the match began. So you could see Kushida like looking behind him as Ciampa is like chomping at the bit to get to him it was really good um honestly if you'd asked me about this match happening a couple of weeks ago i said oh it would have been a squash it's to put over champa as a big dominant force no it was actually very good and i loved it because it showed kushida can do a good match even when he's the underdog because the match at takeover he definitely didn't seem like the underdog. He definitely just seemed like an ass kicker who was hellbent on destroying Velveteen Dream. But in this one, he definitely seemed like the underdog. Ciampa had a lot more viciousness, but it was still really good. It was still a quality match. Like, they opened by saying this is a takeover quality match, and they were right. And to be honest, uh, there was like a kick, there was a drop, there were multiple moments where I just went, fuck, in this match, because it was vicious it was very very good i i loved it it was takeover worthy and then of course velveteen dream ruins it tries to attack kushida with the cast on his arm and instead hits champa i like this because champa gets a victory to push him towards a possible title match in the future while kushida can continue to beat the shit out of a pedophile allegedly and that makes me really really happy it was a good match overall um then we go to commercial comeback and ember moon is in the ring looking better than she ever has and ready to go uh, i never really pinned ember as a promo person but this was a great promo because it, it seemed natural it literally just seemed like they gave ember the person a microphone and said hey go talk to them and it was really good even when she had to say cheesy shit like i've now i now do ember's law and ember's law means i'm not getting pushed around anymore she was like this is cheesy but here's what it is it was really good and then of course delivered the quality line mama wants some gold baby and as she said that eo shirai's music hits eo comes down to the ring we get a great stare down then this is my brutality rhea ripley comes out we now have three people all vying for the nxt women's championship and right before ripley can get going raquel gonzalez and dakota kai attack because we need a main event and if you've got a returning person it's good to put them in a tag team match just in case and i love that during the attack ember went to save them and eo just watched which kind of adds a little bit of fuel to the fire a little bit of extra to the storyline 
So our main event is going to be Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Ripley uh, and Ember Moon. And I will be honest, I love the fact that in NXT, a women's main event does not have to be a big deal. Because that certainly happens in WWE every single time. It's a women's main event. Oh my god, women are main eventing. What? This is amazing. Meanwhile, here they're like, yeah, that's the main event. Because that's what deserves to be the main event. Like, I love that. That is so refreshing compared to where wrestling was just, what, five years ago? That now just casually they can be like, yeah, the women are main eventing. They deserve to main event. Uh, so now we get a shot from earlier today where Drake Maverick arrives at the arena, and this is my first time actually seeing Killian and Drake together, and they're really, really fun. Dane's just this big, scary Shrek of a man, and Killian and uh, Drake Maverick's just this happy, peppy little spitfuck who dances around him, and I love this storyline because they're not being shot to the moon. They're not being shot up as a big storyline. It's just, hey, here's a fun tag th- tag team dynamic going on. It pushes Dane, it pushes maverick i like it uh back from commercial we get an eo interview where they basically say why didn't you help and she said rhea ripley is not my problem ember moon is not my problem the title is my problem and then walks off very short very simple very good then we get a promo from the undisputed era um it kind of reeked of generic wwe babyface which i didn't like that much i kind of wish there was a little bit more of that fun uh, family kind of dynamic that ue usually has but it was i understood they had to be serious kyle just lost the title uh, ridge holland just beat up cole and of course cole i don't know if this was makeup or what but cole had a black eye cole looked beat to shit and then ends by saying ridge holland you are a dead man predicting the events of later that night so we go to the ring, we get Everize, a.k.a. 3.0, 3.0, one of my favorite tag teams from Chikara, taking on Dane and Maverick. Um, Drake earlier teased, oh, I've got a new entrance music, and it is this cheesy Justin Bieber beat with whistling over it. It's fucking hilarious. Um, this was a good match for what it was, Drake bouncing around and selling for Everize, then Everize making the mistake of hitting Dane, and then Dane beating the shit out of them, powerbombing Drake onto one of them, pinfall, and then getting punched in the face, or uh, Drake getting punched in the face by Dane, who starts to leave the arena and then turns around, picks up Maverick and carries him out. It's a nice, sweet little moment to end the match. The only thing that upsets me is like... Y'all remember, like, three months ago when Drake Maverick was, like, a serious threat? Where Drake Maverick was someone who you did not trifle with, someone who was to be taken seriously, someone who we honestly thought might beat uh, all of Legato Del Fantasma to win the the NXT Cruiserweight Championship? Yeah, no, not anymore. Because Drake Maverick, much like Jon Moxley did, uh, is funny. And if you're funny in WWE... That's your thing. It doesn't matter if you're an amazing cruiserweight who can bring so much intensity and emotion to everything you're in. If you're funny, you the funny guy now. Ha ha ha. Don't matter if you're a 20-year veteran like R-Truth. Funny guy. Ha ha ha. And now wait, I will say R-Truth deserves that spot because he is the funniest guy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good segment. I liked it. I just wish they did something more with Drake Maverick. Now we get a video package from Tony Storm, who basically said for the last 10 months, I went to Mexico to be a better wrestler. And I... Yeah, sure. I love Tony Storm. This is a cool video package. But I don't understand like every wrestler promo ever like this, where they're like, I had to go away 
to learn who I truly was. Like, it's some rocky fucking rocky montage. But, like, it's never like, oh, I went and I trained in MMA for eight months and now I'm better at wrestling. It's always just like, I traveled to the land of Ethiopia and I worked with a shaman who blessed me with wrestling energy. It was kind of crazy. But I love Tony Storm. She's like Kip Sabian, but better. Uh, actually, there are numerous times I compared some of the people in NXT to AEW. My bad. I'm sorry. It's not a war, but also I just like to compare people. Now, uh, I love back from commercial break. We get a WWE Did You Know, except it was Johnny Takeover Did You Know. Johnny has appeared in over 20 takeover events. It was great. It was a nice little play on the main roster. And then we get a segment between the Gargano family. They're in tracksuits, lamenting how terrible Takeover 31 was for them. And then they all forget it because they get a new TV. Johnny looked so happy. It was from Indy Hartwell, sent it to them. And of course, Johnny went from, what's she ever done to, I love her within the span of five seconds. It was a great fun segment. I love these dumb little heels. Uh, I love the family dynamic. It's something I may steal in the future for JXT or JWF. I don't know. So now we get Leon Ruff taking on Austin Fuckface, aka Austin Theory. And I will be honest i was afraid this was going to be a full-out squash because uh leon ruff is a little bitty fella no he's amazing leon ruff was very clever uh, hurricane rana roll up within the first five seconds got a two count on him flipping around the ring avoiding all of austin's bigger moves it was really really good and i loved the ending because what looked like a legitimate botch turned into the finish of the match which was he was going for one of those uh, jumping up the rope either arm drag or ddts and he trips he literally trips falls down to the bottom rope and you could see him try to do something and Instead, Austin catches him, picks him up, hits the ATL, one, two, three, finish of the match, and now we have to listen to Austin Theory talk, and it's just, uh, he's a basic heel with no character. He is worse Ricky Starks, basically, is what Austin Theory is, and he ba- he says, I am the future, I wish I could challenge Adam Cole, but his ribs are hurt, but I'll fight anybody to prove that I'm the future of NXT, and here comes Dexter fucking Loomis. I don't know what Dexter Loomis's whole deal is, I know he does art and i know he was a serial killer in tna but outside of that i don't know and in my opinion this should have been a one segment squash put over loomis super hard as a vicious beast but it was two segments it was really weird like it was technically sound it just it just didn't connect for some reason these two guys just i don't know if it was them together or what because like i also realized Loomis's moveset doesn't fit him as a character because he's a weird, kooky, murdery, possibly serial killer artist, and yet he wrestles like a normal dude. Like, he's a beast of a man. He doesn't even wrestle like a beast. He wrestles like a normal person. And I'm like, no. And it just went on inappropriately too long finally takes him out with the sleeper and then the best part of the whole match was after the sleeper loomis sits up and then cameron grabs fucking yeets through baby cave in caves in loomis's chest uh gets down whispers in his ear when i ask you a question you answer me freak and then runs off doing his great Cameron Grimes shit it was phenomenal I love Cameron Grimes that big dumb hillbilly 
So now we get a promo from Dakota and Raquel. Why attack them, they asked. Because heal shit, they respond. It was something that happened. Now we get a prime target, which is essentially, hey, we had a fucking really good match at NXT TakeOver. We should talk about it. So they talk about that. They discuss the fact that Finn's jaw is broken, but apparently they're playing it up a little bit more than they should be, I guess. And then Kyle is apparently indefinitely out because... It was a vicious fucking match, so you want to sell that. Unlike certain other companies that were like, you had a vicious match, but now you're just going to be wrestling a normal match this week. Nah. Uh, And then the best line of the the promo came from Finn, who said, people have been asking, is this title reign going to be as good as the last? They just got their answer. Very good. Very definitive into it. Finn basically saying like, hey, you remember when NXT was really fucking good? It's about to start being good again. And that makes me very happy. Uh, We then get a promo from Ridge Holland, who shows up in a Mercedes. And he said, last week, I didn't have a Mercedes. Then I attacked Adam Cole. Now I have a Mercedes. So apparently a lot of people are going to be beating the shit out of Adam Cole because I'd like a Mercedes. And apparently that's all it takes beat the shit out of adam cole so uh later commentary explained like i i think he i think he may be working for somebody which is good because then the storyline can continue without ridge you know if something might happen to ridge causing him not to be in the storyline anymore uh we come back we get a damian priest promo he's just a fucking cool guy that likes to party that that's it that's all that's all he's like i had a cool party and then if you want to fight me for the title do it then you're gonna lose i'm cool as shit that's it like damian priest is the most i've ever felt like this dude is cool but also i don't like him i i don't know uh so now we get a match rich holland versus danny birch i didn't know rich holland came out with a fucking beat stick just ready to punch motherfuckers with it uh and that's of course where commentary says that uh he got paid off allegedly and this is just a big boy punch fight just a lot of big boy punching happened very very vicious very very brutal ended very quickly which was good it put ridge over as a dominant beast um it put over danny as well because danny got in some very good shots and then afterwards Ridge made the mistake of kicking Danny Birch in the head. And then we get another big boy fist fight. Then Oni Lorkin comes out and we get another big boy fist fight. Uh, Oni leaps onto Ridge and then Ridge spears him into the ring apron. And just this, uh, uh, he breaks his leg (laughs) is what happens. Uh, Actually, I don't know. They've not confirmed what the injury is, but yeah. Oni jumped on that motherfucker and every single referee at once, like they were in D-Generation X, just held it up like, it's over, it's over, baby, do not attack him anymore, he is Dunsky. So, uh, we go to commercial, we come back, because it was a very rushed go to commercial, by the way, I wonder why come back the garganos are watching the tv and it appears that indy hartwell has put a usb stick in there and on the usb is basically video of all the times that indy saved candace during the battle royal uh apparently the garganos are gonna have a nice little wrestle baby and it's gonna be indy hartwell and i love this because it's one of these things that you don't notice while watching a battle royal there's so much going on commentary is not focusing on it really and it it builds a story in secret like you can go back and watch that battle royal and see when this happened and be like oh 
I never noticed that. It's very cool. It's very clever. Uh, then we get a Thatch as Thatch Can class from Timothy Thatcher, who is the scariest motherfucker in existence. And I have read about this before. This is my first time actually watching one uh, because I'm bad at watching NXT. I thought this was a goofy segment because describing it is very goofy because it's called Thatch's Thatch Cane. No, it's just like this grindhouse video of Timothy Thatcher beating the shit out of someone while screaming about life not grinding him down. Holy shit. It was vicious. It was brutal. It was very, very good. And oops, Holland's injured. Holland's injured. He's out. He does the dumb little thumbs up thing that everybody has to do when they get put on a stretcher i guess and he's out and now we get shotzi blackheart versus it doesn't fucking matter it's shotzi blackheart it was xylee but holy shit shotzi has a spooky tank for halloween havoc it's fucking great shotzi blackheart rules and what i love about nxt is the fact that even a squash which this was effectively a squash even the squash E looks good. Like, Zia Lee did not come out of this looking bad. It's just Shotzi came out looking like a dominant force. It was very, very quick, but a very fun, quick-paced match. And then after the match, Boa comes out, hands Zia a letter, and she rushes to the back. And it's a fun little mystery we have to wait until next week to find out about. It was very, uh, very quick, did what it had to do, and... Now we're on to the main event. This is, I think this might be the fastest I've run through one of these, but the main event I am going to rant about because it was so good. Ember has a new fucking new entrance music, a new spooky wolf mask. She's got a tail. She's just the best fucking furry. And I love that they let her open. They did not hold off on the hot tag to get Ember in. They let her show off immediately that she has not missed a step. I will say it right now, she has a better bottom rope tope suicida than Darby Allen, because Darby just kind of throws himself at the ground, but hers actually looks like a real one. It was very, very good. Um, Rough big boot to Ripley, sends her to the floor, and then the commercial break happens. And big surprise, the heel takes over during the commercial break. That happened twice tonight. The heel taking over in the commercial break. And I'm sitting here like, there are easier ways to show this, y'all. That's a very lazy way to be like, the match changed while you were gone. We all know what happened. Uh, We come back. Ember gets the hot tag, and then it's not an immediate finish, which I liked. It gave Ember even more time to wrestle. Uh, Dakota Kai now has probably one of my favorite moves of all time, the chiropractor, which is just a fucking flipping backstabber. It is vicious. It is like an even more vicious version of like uh, a Canadian destroyer. It is great. I, I loved that. Ripley was taking some massive bumps throughout this match, and uh, then Ember hits a fucking sick powerbomb and now she i will say this ember is now and the the nxt women's division as a whole is now perfect i think like they are right where they need to be and ember is also fixed one of my least favorite things about her which is the fact that the eclipse is a phenomenal move that it's almost like uh, morrison's starship pain it's very beautiful to watch but also it's very easily fucked up and it's because of the way she sets it up she has to do a corkscrew flip over their opponent while grabbing them by the head to hit the stunner instead now 
Ember has them kind of stand to the side. So she still does the corkscrew, but it's out to the side so she can kind of gauge where her opponent's head is at. Makes it easier for her to flip into it. It's vicious. It is an amazing... It might be my finisher of the year if she can keep hitting it as well as she did on Dakota. And Dakota also sold it like a fucking champ. It was a great match. Great ending to NXT. And then, of course, at the end, we get a nice little face-off between Ripley and Ember, setting up possibly a number one contenders match in the future between those two. And I'm super hyphy about it. Um, This was a good episode of NXT. Um... I'd probably give it a three out of five, maybe four out of five. I don't know. Three and a half. Uh, maybe. I, I like the other two. I have like clever names for my rating systems. And then this one, I'm like three. I don't know. Yeah, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It wasn't like AEW. It wasn't a holding pattern. It brought back new people. It introduced new storylines. It uh, kept a lot of storylines going in intriguing re- ways. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four out of five because it did better than AEW in that respect. Uh, and it, it, it did better than Raw in every respect because Raw is so fucking bad y'all so uh yeah that's what i thought about nxt do you agree do you disagree let me know on my twitter account at scotty mo s-c-o-t-t-y-e-m-o and as always remember to support us and i know i always talk about our patreon here but i know not everybody wants to subscribe to something monthly they just kind of want to support one time well we got some badass fight boys merchandise available at merch.aloadofpurebs.com they are phenomenal they are all designed in-house i designed them myself all of the compensation goes to support the bs network and it would mean the world if you would support us over there by picking up some badass merch there's shirts there's phone cases there's masks if you want masks they're all available there and as always remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life